Welcome to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. This is the podcast for dairy owners, managers, and their trusted advisors who are looking to take themselves and their businesses to their next level of performance, resilience, and success in the dairy farming business. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen, and it's my mission to bring you the stories and thought leaders to help take you to your next up level. ever wish that there were more hours in the day? Like if you just had more time, you would be able to get more done. Or if your team at the dairy was running at full speed, you would have more time to do other things and maybe even a little time for yourself. Well, if that's you, you are in the right place because our guest today is someone we can all take a few notes from. Whether you're a dairy owner, manager, or even just a mom like me, she is an owner of a dairy with her husband, has six children, and her and her husband operate two dairies near Dublin, Texas. Sonia Koch, welcome to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be joining you this morning. And we sure are happy to have you with us too. This episode is sponsored by our friends at 4D Egg World and 4D Egg Fashion, JP and Elizabeth DeVries. And they are a first generation American company that provides the highest quality barn technology from barn rubber to headlocks and fans to fashion. You can find more at 4DEggWorld.com and 4DEggFashion.com and stick around for the end of this episode for a few words from Elizabeth. And so... Getting back to you, Sonia, speaking of first-generation American companies, you and your husband, Johan, are an example of that as well, correct? Yes, we are. We started our dairy here in the United States. Yeah, tell us a little bit about your history, what brought you here, um, and, and kind of a, a little, just a description of what the dairies are like. So um, I'm initially from the United States. I did study overseas, and so uh, that's why I don't sound... Dutch. I'm from California, but my husband is Dutch. Um, he immigrated over here because his dream from as far as he could remember back was he wanted to milk cows. That's all he wanted to do. That's all he was concentrated on. And he was going to do it one way or another. Anyways. So, um, he, uh, was uh, about 18 years old and decided he wanted to, um, start looking around besides the Netherlands because there's no opportunity for him to dairy there. So he ended up um, going through the magazines, dairy magazines, because there's jobs in there, right? So and he found one that was in East Texas, and he called the gentleman. And yes, he was still needing help, so he showed up, and he worked for him about two years, and then uh, and acquired enough funding to start our own dairy here in Central Texas. So that's kind of how we started. Um, that was in 2001. He arrived here, and by 2003, he was started his own dairy. So I um, got two loads and uh, just started, just found a dairy to rent and let's go. So um, thankfully back then that was all very possible. So and his dream started and then I kind of fused into the dream about two years later. Um, so I, my dad was not a dairy, but I did grow up with dairies. We both come from um, so far back. We don't know how far back we've always been in the agar families on both sides. So we do have a... I guess you said it's just in our DNA to love cows, love ag, everything about it. So um, you don't think about it till you're there and you're like, oh, yeah, we're the crazy ones out there for sure. <laughs> so you said it was your husband's dream to dairy and it wasn't yours too? Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I mean, I never minded. I never um, it was just kind of what I we did as a family, you know, on the 
in the weekends and um and when it was help needed because like I said my dad didn't have a dairy um and so when it was needed at the farm you know the whole fat we all went out there and just helped so it's not like I wasn't familiar with it but it never bothered me the long hours the cows the manure you name it getting dirty never bothered me it was just kind of like okay this is what it is so um yeah that was not my really dream I mean I would have if you had told me in early 90s that I would be moving to Texas and um, start running a dairy, I would have said, you are out of your mind. No, I'm not doing that. That's not in my future. <laughs> and okay, and so fast forward 20 years later, two dairies, six kids. Yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, tell us a little bit about the dairies and then I'll have you tell us a little bit about your family too. Okay, so the dairies, um, we have two facilities. They're right next to each other. The main facility is Blue Jay Dairy, which we milk about 1,200 cows. And then the facility that is smaller, which we actually live on, is 700 cows. And so from that main dairy, all the work is done. The blue, that's Blue Jay, Blue Bonnet is where we live. And we just milk cows here. We don't calve here. We don't do, um, if they're sick, we bring them back to Blue Jay. Like I said, they're half a mile apart. So uh, it's just, we milk here, keep it super simple on this side. How many employees do you run between the two dairies? So between the two dairies, there's about 30 employees, give or take. So um, today I'm going to go run to the airport, pick up an intern. So we're adding one to it for the time being. Um, but yeah, about 30 employees. And that's anywhere from um, you got our office work and then you have five managers and then under them, their employees. And of course, within that is your, your milking crew, your farming crew, um, your uh, mechanics and farming, the mechanic and farming is together. But all of that together comes up about 30 of them. So, and then our family, our kids do help on the dairy. It's not that they milk very often, but if they need to, they will. And so we will, so will we, but the guys are so proficient at it. You don't want to get in their way at this level. So like we just get, we milk usually sick pen in the morning. We'll milk with them, um, Johan and the kids. And then, uh, and then yeah, harvest, um, they all drive equipment. So everybody's in last year we were in harvest. I, I guess it was a grass harvest and we had all the kids running all the equipment and uh, we had one employee running the chopper and somebody always would ask me, you know, why do you have so many kids? It's like, well, I took a video of it. It's like all our kids are working that day. This is why, okay? <laughs> employees as well. <laughs> it's like you have, all, you have all these different teams, right? You have like your employee team and then your family is a team in itself with all eight of you. And when you can get eight people uh, that are related to each other moving in the same direction, I mean, like that's a victory right there. It's a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> this is your business you built from the ground up 20 years ago. And so I'm curious, what's the biggest challenge that you face as, for one, entrepreneurs, also managers of cows and people? And at the end of the day, too, I mean, your parents, and you've got six kids. What are some of the biggest challenges that you face in all of these roles that affect your time and your ability to optimize your team? So as we grew, you know, at one point you're chasing after yourself. That's where, you, and that's, and that's where the dairy, your work, I don't care what kind of work you're in. It's no fun anymore because you're chasing yourself. There just is no peace in it. So, um, at one point that was our challenge. I mean, yeah, you always have your challenge at the dairy, something you got dead cows, harvest went south. We had a hailstorm, you know, those are all challenges. But when you get to a point, and it doesn't matter what size of dairy you are in, when you get a point that you feel like the dairy is running you instead of you running the dairy, that is when you need to step back and you need to reevaluate. 
And we reached that point. And so we had to step back and be like, okay, we can stop growing. And we're still, even if we stopped growing, we were already at that point. We were not, we were just being run by the dairy. So that's not, that's not an option because really your family comes first. Because your family, if you can't have your family, your kids and everything, if it's all going south, it just makes everything negative. So go back to that. And so, and then as an interviewer, once we realized that, once we were like, this is no fun anymore, we get up because this is what is ingrained up. We get up, we do it, right? Every day. And it's not that we're begrudging it, but it's not fun anymore. It's not, it's not empowering us to be better selves for us for our family, but not for the employees either. Because you got to remember, those employees are our responsibility, just like our children. We care for their for them so they can care for their families. And if we can't care for them, we can't be good for them either. And they're never going to be able to make a positive impact at home either. So we're going to go back to that. So as entrepreneur, stopping and realizing it's gotten too much. I need to reevaluate. And then if, in a weird way, we just connected with a consultant at the right time. We're like, okay, we need to change this. We need help. And it took, and he came in and he literally, it took a year for us to turn it around and make it that we can be in love with again. And like, so, and that's where, um, and he made us sit down and be like, hey, I need you to make a mission statement, which is really hard. It is really, it took us probably about three to four months just to settle down on a mission statement. And so, and our mission statement is Blue Jay is a place of opportunity for each other, our cows, and the well-being for all. So that is, you know, that's kind of where it came back because our well-being was not where it was and where it should have been. So that was the first thing, you know, like, okay, where are we? What do we want to see? So as entrepreneur, that is where we stopped and we turned it around. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to stop you right there. What was going on in your world that uh, you got to that point? So there was no, there was no free time. I mean, you're literally waking up every morning with a challenge in front of you instead of an opportunity. So um, instead of going like, yay, let's go conquer this. It was like a weight and that weight is a negative thing. So it, it needs to be more of an opportunity that you want to go after, that you want to change. And so that was that trigger point that both of us were like, things were, I mean, we were doing it. I mean, we were okay, you know, but it was just not good. It was not good. The employees, that leadership wasn't there anymore. And you could tell things were falling through the cracks. We couldn't keep our head above it. We were drowning. Literally, I mean, stuff was getting done. We weren't in a bad economic dairy problem that wasn't it it was just it was not good because the management didn't know what to do or the people didn't know where to go to and when your phone is blowing up 24 7 johan's and mine not just johan's that's when you're like this is not working i cannot fix it and really so wow so i think what you're saying um sonia is something that a lot of people listening can really relate to so whether they have hit that point they're right there right now or maybe like you they've been able to kind of you know find some ways to move past it um but what you were saying what you were sharing there was like you guys were at that point where it wasn't fun anymore and kind of the right person came into your lives at that time uh who's the consultant that really helped you through all that 
So his name is Bruce Fenderstig from Leiden LLC, and he's a vet, and um, this is what he does. And not only just for dairies, but he comes in, and it's hard. I'm just going to tell you this. You want personal, uh, you know, critique, he's going to give it to you. And it it's painful. And a couple of times, Johan walked away and like, I'm not doing this. And so did I. I'm like, no, this is our business. This is the way we do it. But the goal was to improve everyone's lives and every and the productivity of the dairy, the productivity, productivity of the employees, everything. So that we could step back and start enjoying stuff, the dairy, watching it, watching the employees instead of just just swimming to keep from drowning. If you could have painted a picture for this is how we want our life to look. Well, the vision was, yes, I want to, I want to be able to sit back and be, you know, outside with the kids. If we were a soccer game, I don't want my phone to ring. I don't want to have to be stressing that. Like for a prime example, we went, we have dairy month here in Stephenville, Texas, and we have Moolah Fest this weekend. So they invite all the producers from this um, area to come eat dinner. Great. So Johan left his phone in the car, but mine was in my pocket and it starts blowing up and I'm like, oh no. And so I answered the first one. They're like, hey, your heifers are all over the road. I'm like, are you kidding me? Okay. So then walk over to Johan and I'm like, hey, the heifers are out. Oh, okay. Let me make a phone call to Israel, which is one of our manager. And by the time we got home, guess what? It was done. They already put I mean, just to be... That relief, like, I know where to take it, and that person knows how to take care of it. We didn't have to, even though we were 10, 15 miles away, you know, we could have made it back, but we could rely and feel comfortable, like, yeah, these guys got it. I don't have to be there at that very moment, even though my phone was blowing up and all the neighbors, your cows are like, everybody got it, they're coming, they're taking care of it. So what did it take to get to the point you're at today from where you were a few years ago where your phone was blowing up and you guys were the ones taking all the calls and you were, like you said, just kind of like swimming through it. What did it take to go from there to, to where you're at right now? Like I said earlier, I think a lot of it had to do, you know, realizing that breaking point that you, you're just anxious constantly. You're always go, go, go. And it's not healthy. It's not, and, and it's, it's just, we don't want to live that way. I mean, some people enjoy maybe that journal rush. I mean, and I can't imagine someone would, but anyways, um, it was just that breaking point. Like we can't do it all. We can't farm. We can't milk the cows. We can't, we can't do it personally ourselves, but with a team of great people, we could, we could. And just to find that peace and happiness back in the industry with it, it was just that. There was just something there, right there, that, you know, we realized, okay, if we're going to keep doing this and make, and also at one point, so our older kids are, um, got one going, is on, is 24 and 22 and 20, you know, they're at the age, they're coming back in, they're looking around, and we need to leave a business for them to take over that is productive, and that can be, they can come into, and it's not all negative. You hear that so often that, it's negative. It's so much work. My parents are always struggling. This and that. We don't want that. I mean, who wants to take that on? So let's try to make, as we go into the succession part of this, let's make this a business that our children can step into and see that this is manageable. This is something you can do. It's big and it looks scary, but it isn't because, you know, we took the time and the effort to go ahead and make it 
that you can step that others are helping you. So did that mean you had to find, you know, good managers or did that mean you looked at people in your team and you were able to start doing more training delegation? So um, Bruce made us sit down and go through our employees and he says, I need you to tell me which of these guys you would put in this position or in this position. And then from the milkers, like we have a team of milkers, you know, um, and who of those would be your team leaders who, you know, and, and of that. And that's kind of how it went down. And the scary part was when he told us, you're going to do this, but people are going to walk away because they do not want that leadership position. So don't be surprised or they don't want to be told by their colleague what to do. And so that was a little bit of a a scary part. And at first it didn't happen, but about six to eight months later, there were people like, yeah, no, we're not doing this. We don't want to be told by our colleague what to do, even though they clearly were identified as management. And that was also another really hard thing to do as a as the boss um, is not to um, discuss things with non-management. So that is something that was really because we were used to like, oh, they have a problem. Um, you know, that crew has a milking that crew, that person and that crew from that milking has a problem. And they came to us and we kind of tried to work it through, you know, but now it was like, okay, I need to talk to the herdsman that talks to the milk lead that will then bring them together. And if that milk lead can't do it, then he brings it back to the herdsman. And if it really goes all south, that's when we come in place. Okay. So it's like a chain of command that everybody just knows is in place. Yes. Now, but that was a change and it was hard for the guys because they always were used to calling us you know, finding us. And so that was a new thing for us to like, do not overstep the manager. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, and that was something And Bruce told us too, that was going to be a hard part. And it was, it was really hard because you want to fix it right then and there and sidestep the manager because you can do it. But then that respect and that understanding that it needs to go this way is how it needs to be. That was probably really hard to do. What did it take to uh, be able to really empower some of your team members to step up into that leadership position? Because that was a change for those individuals. Like, um, how did you help them be able to excel in their new role? So at first it was super awkward, that's for sure. (laughs) And so you get these gentlemen and they're, I mean, you can tell by the, the quality of work they do and that they are invested. That's the first person you're looking. You're looking for the investment. You're looking for the person that, even though it's not their dairy, they're invested and they are going to see the problems. They're going to try to fix the problem, even though you didn't tell them to. So you're looking for those people. And then um, once we figured out who they are, is having a one-on-one conversation like, "Hey, I'm going to make you a boss," because that's most of ours are Hispanic, and so we just cut it. We're going to make you a boss, okay? You're going to be in charge of people. Well, that is pretty daunting for a lot of them. It was really daunting. And so then, um, but hey, if you, and then coaching them towards that. So we had several meetings. We had a meeting with Bruce there, other meetings all together. And then to get them to come in once every Monday, they come in and um, actually they're about to come in at 11 o'clock. I don't need to be there, but um, 11 o'clock and they're all going to sit down. All the management is going to sit down with Johan and they're each going to bring their concerns, their pot. Well, initially we always start with the positive. So what did, what was your positive for the week? Tell us, cause we don't want to start meeting on your negative. We all have negatives. So we started on positive. So that was, you know, making sure that they feel comfortable to relay 
a personal positive or a dairy positive. It doesn't matter. It needs to be something positive in their life. And I think once we got through the pot, the discussion, like, oh, this is legit. We have time an hour here to talk to the other managers. This is what's going on. And this is how we can fix it together. It's not me fixing it. It's not Johan fixing it. It's not Jesus fixing it. As a team, we can conquer this together. And it took probably a, a, like two to three weeks. And you saw a productivity go through the roof because everybody knew they could rely on someone else and didn't have to fix it themselves. And that includes you. And that's including us. Yes, we don't have to do that anymore. We have a team behind us that is great. Wow. So so these regular meetings where everyone gets together have been a huge part of being able to take a good team member, which you already identify by saying, hey, these are our folks that get the job done and do the extra. Like you said, they're already invested. Yeah. You put them in the room together. You share their positive experiences. You work on solving problems together. And would you say that's been one of the needle movers and being able to really, you know, allow you and Johan, you know, go back to the heifers out, right. To be able to be at the point you're at right now and not have your phone blowing up all the time. Yes, it has. So we went for the first time we went back overseas and we stayed for 14 days. So we, and we got called three times, three times. So I'm not, I'm not saying we weren't disconnected so we do and you're gonna ask me this a little later i think in this but we have whatsapp groups and so the whatsapp a lot of times we don't interact with them but we watch them so that is um something like we watch it we see what's happening we see what they're talking about and you know if something really not gonna fly that's when we call the manager like hey we see this is going on you know let's talk about this or we need to talk about but we try to stay out of it we're just observing what's going on. So, and so it's, we kind of know, but that made it, so we knew what was going on. We knew what there was issues or whatever, but yeah, really it wasn't, it was for the first time ever that Johan left more than a week from the dairy. As wow. A so yeah, no, that's for sure. Like I said, uh, those managers, if you can give them the time that they can also a personal time um, that, so one of the things is that when Bruce is talking, not only do you need your one hour, team meeting but you also need a stand-up meeting so you actually go find that manager and spend five at least five minutes with them and asking them how's things how's your family how's how's things going what's going on here you know give them some time to respond back to you so they will actually tell you what's going on and not be like yeah it's all good because it's not always good we all know Yeah. And so do you do that, you know, to try to do that once a week or like, what's your frequency that you try to do those, those check-in, those standing check-ins? Those standing check-ins, it's probably going to be almost probably five days a week. Five days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So constant communication. Yeah. So, I mean, like I'll go to the calf ranch and I'll not go in there to like run it, but I want to check in on my manager. How are you doing? How was the weekend? You had a day off yesterday. You know, how'd it go? What'd you do? You know, and then what, you know, what do you see is going on here? You know, on a personal level more. And then, and what are you, you know, what do you hope to accomplish this week or whatever, you know, but it's five minutes. But if they need more, they'll let you know. And then you're like, okay, well, let me look at my calendar. When can we sit down and actually conquer this problem and talk about it more in depth? So that gives them the opportunity to ask you for it. 
And then they also, then you set the expectation right there that, hey, this is important. I want to talk about this more. We want to work on this together. Yes. And they're expected to do the same with their team, not as an individual, but as a, as a team. Like a lot of them has teams with them. So they also need to take at least that five minutes, I always say coffee break, you know, just take a little minutes there, talk to your group. That that is amazing, and and I think a lot of our listeners are are taking notes from you and just grabbing onto these little nuggets of how to how to really move from you know from one place to where you're at right now, and that's being able to have more more control over your schedule, more control over your life, your time, and your team. Um, so one thing I'm curious is for those out there that are listening, those other dairy owners and managers, um, what other types of tools or tips or resources, if you could name three, I know you mentioned WhatsApp, um, what would be a couple others that you would say have been super helpful in being able to really optimize your time and your teams? So, okay. So yes, the app, WhatsApp is out of the that was a game changer just to be able to communicate with them. And if there is like if something breaks, it's fun, it's wonderful to watch them. Like that water line to that water trough is broken. It needs to go to the, to the outside management. So it just goes, it goes, you know, it's like, Oh, and then you'll hear, you'll see someone respond. Oh, I can do that here in just a few minutes. I'll go take care. Of it. And then um, another thing I went, we went with the management, we went ahead and gave a bunch of them email, um, addresses that are with our dairy so that you do if you do have something like things need to be ordered or something else you know that you can say hey i ordered that from amazon or whatever and you forward that email to them to know that you did do it so it it did get done so and that was another one like and some guys are really good at checking their email some are less so i mean it's just the way it is but it's a lot better um and then also on the and we have a big board in our um, office in our meeting area and it has the task all on there that they discuss that is completed or that they're working on or needs to can be completed this week and they get the minutes of course too and that's something they can go back and look at like okay what is all going on right now so that was another one that it just stays there all week and it gets suggested on Monday so and they can look at it go over it ask questions so that was one and then um I mean, I'm a, not all the guys, I mean, like for the management side, a calendar that is shared is another item. Like, cause of course we're all required to do training nowadays for the dairy. You have to have so many training hours. So then we'll have an opportunity. We'll come through the extension service. Hey, we have freshing class. So let's go ahead and put it out there. It's on this day. Who can, who wants to come on this one? You know, just stuff like that, just small stuff. And some are really good at keeping up with it and some are not as good, but that's okay. But um, those were some of the main tools that have made things move forward. These aren't crazy, crazy things. These are really simple things at the end of the day that have been game changers. Yeah. And no, so. the biggest ones were the WhatsApp and the whiteboard. That was probably the biggest game changer. And I'm sure a few folks are taking notes if they haven't already utilized those resources. And so, uh, so Sonia, you know, when you, when you're describing, um, you know, your, your kind of your journey as a business owner, as, you know, dairy farmers and as a mother and a parent and all the things that, uh, that, fall into your day, you know, trying to find that balance, if it even exists, right, between work and family. There's a lot of others out there. And this is, I'm speaking, you know, asking this on my own behalf too, right? If like, 
how do how do you do it? Like, what's the message that you have for those of us out there <laughs> that are business owners, managers, parents? What's the message you have um, on your heart to share with us today? So, okay, six kids now. Got some already working in the. I got two that are about. I have one that's already working out and just does her job, has her job, and I have another one's about to go out. So I think I had a little bit figured it out, maybe. Anyways, one thing is uh, we were never fully involved with their school's time. Like, we don't always go to every track meet, to every football game, because we don't have to be there for our children to perform. And I think they need to realize, a lot of people need to realize it, that that their children, once they understand they can perform, even though we're not there, and we can, and this is, I'm talking even like, Okay, I missed award ceremony this year because I had a personal issue happen. And so someone asked, well, where were you today? I'm like, well, you know what? Life happens. And my child's okay with me not being there because afterwards he came home and he showed me his rewards. He did show me and I asked him, you know, how was it? Who got this reward? So I did give him that personal time. But just because I was there, was he downtrodden by it? No, he just told me about it later. It's okay. It's okay to not be there every time. Soccer game. Um, tournament this weekend. I made it to the first one. Did not make it to the second one because that company come over unexpectedly. Johan went because he's the coach and that's something he gets to do now because we have management systems set in. He gets to coach his soccer, his youngest son's soccer team. I stayed home. It's okay. It's okay. He came home. He told me all about it. Next day, got to go. It is okay not to go to everything because your children, when they go off to their jobs, you're not there. Not there to Say, go for it, go for it. But you are there after the day to say, hey, how was your day? Tell me what was positive. Tell me what was negative. And don't just sit there in the car staring out the window or at your phone, right? Or whatever, you know? <laughs> Put it away. Tell me what your thoughts were. So, and, and so I think that, and I, you know, occasionally I did feel guilty. It's like, oh, I have all these parents that are going to all these things from their kids every time. And I'm like, our kids won state. I mean, they went high. They went beyond, you know, broke a state record. And we were there at every track meet. No. Did they perform less because of it? No. But they were, they knew that we expected the best from them. Their coaches expected the best. And even though we weren't there, they can do it. They can do it without us. So that I think is um, something that nowadays is really hard to step over. Like, I don't have to be there every time. I don't have to be that mom on the sideline or dad, you know, they're cheering them on because they can do it without us. It's a powerful message, a very powerful one. Yeah. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And, and, you know, for, for your family, quality time can come in a lot of different forms. And it's not just, as you said, being right there, you know, watching the sporting event, sometimes quality time for you guys means that you're working on the farm together, right? Yeah, no. Um, so the girls are now older, so they get they tell you their memories, you know. So which is fun to listen to, and uh, a lot of it is us doing stuff at the dairy and them getting into trouble together. So um, like I was telling you earlier, we're covering silage, and the girls they were bugging each other, and one kid um, grabbed the other kid and pushed her face into a pile of manure dirt, you know. And that, I mean, that was funny and it's, and they still talk about it or 
about the time when somebody decided it would be a great idea to stick their arm down into the cow fit um, push wheel. We have a wheel that pushes up the feed for a while. And it, it was very, very, very greased up. And they took that grease all together and they painted themselves black. You know, they were with us because we were doing stuff at the dairy and they were just playing around doing stuff. And that's that. Yeah. And then dad had to take us into the park with iodine, work it all off of us because they were literally <laughs> in summertime in their shorts and tank tops and dairy boots covered in grease. You know, it's all those little things and that they do together that they talk probably more about than anything else. So that is personal time with them. And we always try to always have a time, like, especially now that we're in summer break. Um, not only will we sit down and eat lunch together, that's another thing I'm very adamant of trying to make sure also even during the school year that we sit down as a family for dinner. So um, that's another thing. I know it's really hard sometimes, but um, that is at least try to get most of the days to sit down and just everything's disconnected. The phone rings, unless it rings three times after each other on our cell phones, we don't pick it up. That means it's not worth it. It's not that important. Otherwise, they will keep trying. So we don't pick it up. The kids don't have it. But just that time that they can tell you what happened today, how the things are going, what all they experience. And yeah, a lot of times we had snowmageddon a while back. I mean, it doesn't freeze that hard here in Texas. But when it happens, it was crazy. And so hands on deck is like, yeah, well, I, I milked um, all afternoon with Natalie and she did this or that, you know, one brother says to another, or she did this, you know, it's just those little things that connect them as siblings and that they enjoy, you know, just reflecting back on. So, yeah. Yeah. And these are the reasons why you wanted to raise your kids on a dairy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is, even though the kids say it's, you know, the joke is when it, when we get ice storms, so all the kids are happy at school, right? They're all get to stay home chill in front of the tv or whatever and our kids like no no do you realize what needs to be happened you know we're going to be opening water troughs helping bring cows in you name it you know so it's like the busiest time but it's just it's not the no really but it's like oh we're going to get busy and we're going to get really busy so anyways yeah it's just it's it's just what it is that's it's the family farm in itself even though we're bigger people say we're big farm it's still a family farm our kids are very involved with a lot of it. Whether you're a dairy farmer, an owner, a manager, or even uh, as a parent, I feel like you could write a parenting book also. Uh, <laughs> because these are some really great things that you shared with us today. And so uh, so I, one question I'm curious to ask when we really look at you know this trajectory that you guys have been on, 20 years in the dairy farming business, um, 20 years as business owners, basically, and raising a family at the same time. And you look at you know, where you guys were maybe five years ago and where you're at today. Um, and I would like you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, as far as like your, how you feel about how you're doing, optimizing your time and your team. So, you know, what were you at five years ago and where would you rate yourself at today? Five years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, five years ago, um, I would put myself probably on a personal level of being productive and just, how should I say that? Settled down into myself as how maybe it's five, six, because it's just, like I said, running after yourself. And then today, I would probably put it oh, definitely at a higher, I mean, 
seven, eight, you know, I'm still, we're still learning it. We're still getting used to it. We're still, and we're doing a lot of stuff, but I definitely, this has been a game changer, like just being able to settle down into it. And, and actually that I, so I, you know, some dairy women like to be on the farm constantly and I do too, but I also like to be home. I like to, um, like right now my office, this is my home office. Um, I decided to tear it up because it hadn't been really looked at very often lately in the last five, six years since we moved into the house. We moved in, put everything in it, and we just did our thing here. But I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for a change. But I never had time for the change because I was so consumed by dairy and kids. And now I could stick back a little bit. and like, oh, yeah, I can, we can change this. I have time for this. Or right now, you know, I'm like, okay, it's nice outside. Let me go water my flowers. Let me take time for that or drink my coffee. You know, it's just so that rate, that quality of life, I think in itself has gone up because of the time management that has in the team that has, is here now. It's yeah. my year now. So oh. that, and it, and it sure sounds like, uh, you guys are in a really, a really good spot. And, uh, but I have a feeling that you're always continuing to look forward and to set the next bar. And, uh, so it, this leads us perfectly into how I like to end all of our podcasts and that's with the up level five questions. So these are five questions that are all about you, Sonia, and your personal and professional goals and mindset. Uh, and so the first question I have for you is what does success look like to you? So success for me is that you actually can check off the items that you had intended for yourself. I don't know if everybody does this, but I make lists and like, I want to get this. These are, it doesn't need to be today. It doesn't need to be tomorrow. These are goals I have set for myself to accomplish. And what a great thing is when you get to take that check mark next to it or task done. That has that is you've actually visually just succeeded in whatever you're doing, right? So and it could be on anything. It could be on um, I went through the kids' clothes and cleaned out all the small the two small clothes. It's so simple, but wow. I actually found time. I managed it that I got it done. And then it could be like, we're going to change. Uh, we're going to, we're like, we did some um, changing up the maternity pin. So our goal was within this time frame is to update the maternity area. So you put it on your to-do list. And then once you're like, okay, are we there? Yes, we are. I think we're good. Let's check it off. Let's remove it. Because it's something that you were succeeded in. You were able to do. So, and it, you can, and so I think those little checkoffs, those little, yes, I did it. That feeling of uh, completed, I think is on the personal, that is one of my personal things. Ah, yeah. And you look for those wins, even if it's in the kid's closet or at the dairy. Yeah, exactly. You look for the wins. And so those little checkoffs, I got it done. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I like, yay. That's a good one. That's a good one. And so, okay, question number two, in three words, how do you want to show up each day? Okay, so this was one I was like, okay, wow. Hmm. Okay, so my dad always says this thing to me, and this is kind of joking, burning daylight. Ooh. So, burning, you're burning daylight. So, so that means I have so many hours in a day to complete stuff. But why do I complete that? Why do I do it? So that was, like I said earlier, it was just a little harder. And so... I'm like, where is this coming from? Where is this passion? Where is this burning daylight? Where that I need to complete stuff? 
And I think it comes from love for um, my family, for the dairy, for the ag in itself, and for myself, that I can take the time and find that I need to do this because it, it benefits everyone, which the benefit word comes again for the love of everything around you. So I guess it's, it's all about the word love. You know, you love your family. You love what you do. You love the people that work for you and their families. And, and you just want to make that positive experience. So um, that's where my burning daylight, I was like, okay, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. And it fits right into your, it really dovetails right into your mission that you shared. So, so yeah. I think that was some words um, that I like to live by, even though sometimes my kids are like, seriously, because I tell them like, Get out of bed. You're burning daylight like this. <laughs> get out of bed. Those are the other, <laughs> the other three words. <laughs> you, get so, you get so much time to complete things. So, you know, and do it with, with love. And if it's done on a spiteful or begrudgingly, it's not the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, uh, you, you're a big faith-based family too, aren't you? Yes, we are. So yeah, um, we um, truly believe that um, we have given a mission by God to complete it and it can change as the years pass, which we have experienced, but we are all given a mission and to do that to the glory of God and not to us. So that is one of the things and we try to instill that to our kids too. Um, you know, we're all given something to do and we need to complete it to the best of our ability. So yeah, absolutely. So burn that daylight. <laughs> And, uh, and who are a couple of thought leaders that you follow? You know, for some people, maybe it's an author or a family member or somebody that they, that they listen to, or, you know, what, who are your, who are your people? So, um, that one is a really hard one for me. Um, not that I like, I'm not really one that follows people, but I do like to listen on it to different people. So that, and I've, people have asked me this over the years when I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And so um, I just finished a book uh, from uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, and I was like, wow. And she was called Speaking of Myself. And it was kind of that same place I'm in as a woman in a professional in professional world. Okay. That have a lot of men around us. Because that is the one thing in dairy business. There are so many men and us as women are in the minority. And sometimes we come off very harsh, very strong. But that's because of what we're doing. And so when I finished that book, I really connected with what she told me. And so that was someone recently that I was like, wow, yeah, you're in the trenches as well. So oh, and what was the title of that book again? That is um, Speaking for Myself from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, you know, she's a great leader. She's a great mom. And she realizes, you know, sometimes we have to, you know, step away from our children and let others depend on others to take care of them or do whatever they need to do. And that you can be confident in that, that you're still there for your kids. I mean, that was a really good book um, that I just finished. Um, so that was one of them. Um, I have a, my husband says I have a quirky side. I like to listen to Jordan Peterson occasionally because it gets way deep. <laughs> and he's like, he says sometimes it, it, the language is too difficult, but I do like it. It's, it's very um, like listen, he kind of calls you out, which I like. I like to be called out because I can't improve without the call out. So um, besides that, um, so I do have an older woman that um, that she's a grandmother and stuff. And I have picked her and asked her to be my confidant and my person to go to and um, positive negatives. And, and I ask her like every month I have to meet with her. She calls me out if I don't. 
So like you have not met with me, what's going on? And it's outside of church. It's outside of my family. She's just there. And um, she is a Christian, but is this my person? And I, and I, and we've gone now almost six months and I've just recently started doing this, but it makes a big difference because she doesn't know who I'm talking about. So it's a safe person to talk to. And, um, and, and she's older, she's um, a grandmother and she kind of gets it, you know? So that would be my other, you know, yeah, person, I guess. Like you said, you, you selected this confidant to just have in your life as that external, that external voice of wisdom and reason and sounding board and yeah, uh, and a Christian and Christian based values yes. at the same time. Yes, exactly. So, um, and I, it has made a huge difference. So instead of propping up those anxieties, um, like my side of the family is, is, is just me. So if there's not anyone to really go to, so you need to find that person that you can sit down and just be really truthful about the, the beautiful, but also the really ugly. And if, you're being ugly that they can say, listen, you're being ugly and, or yeah, you're right on, but also and to take it. Don't get mad about it. Any other favorite words that you wanted to share? I know you shared a few, but any others? Uh, hmm, uh, I guess the word of opportunity is always an awesome word. I always think because it's opportunity. You have so many opportunities every day to take. And you can let it go and not have that opportunity or you can like use your opportunities. And, and of course, I'm hoping always it's going to be a positive opportunity. So is it the opportunity to speak to you to benefit other people? I could have said no, but I decided to use the opportunity to be maybe empower someone else that needs to hear it. Or like later today, I have our opportunity to pick up an intern that I could have said, you know, we could have said, no, you don't get, we don't want to have an intern. Those little things that, you know, you need to decide, is there an opportunity? Is there a weakness? So sometimes you have to say no, or no, I don't want to do that or not use that opportunity. But to, to really think of it, is this a positive opportunity, negative opportunity? You know, that's a great word. I think an opportunity, it's something you're given and you need to, you know, work through it. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for saying yes to this opportunity because I know for sure there's at least one person that's going to benefit from it and many, many others. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, and last question I have for you, Sonia, what is your next up level? What's your next personal up level? The area of your life that you're looking to take to the next level. Okay. So the personal side is um, I'm working towards being more in my home space. So, so I'm just doing a little bit more at home, be a little bit more in this side of it. And, um, and it's an adjustment. And I think it's because I have children moving away into the workforce. And so they're not home anymore. So I need to find the opportunity to meet up with them or to be there for them. So I don't mean like only home, but more time that I can give to them and not necessarily balance it all between the dairies. Like, okay, Natalie's off on, I know, Thursday afternoon. Take a half an hour, an hour ago. Let's go have coffee or lunch. So instead of like, no, I'm busy on the dairy. So I'm trying to learn to balance that work, child that works with a mother that works and has smaller children still at home. So that is where um, I'm trying to learn to balance that right now. And as I have one going off to Dallas, which is going to be two hours away, she's even going to be further away to learn to balance that again 
is I have a child working further away. How do you incorporate that into it? So that's on the personal level. So that's where I am right now. Wow. So I'm guessing that there's a, you have this written down on a list somewhere and that you'll be checking the box yep. as you... <laughs> As you schedule those coffee dates and lunch dates and and you can feel your success uh, as you are able to cross those those things off of the list too. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, hey, this has been so much fun. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us on the Up Level Dairy Podcast. You're welcome. I was glad to be here. This episode of the Up Level Dairy Podcast is sponsored by 4D Egg World and 4D Egg Fashion. And we have joining us today, Elizabeth DeVry. And so like Sonia and Johan that were featured in this podcast, you, Elizabeth, and JP have also built a first-generation business here in America from the ground up. And so tell us a little bit about 4D Egg World and 4D Egg Fashion and the businesses that you're creating to serve the dairy community. Yes, seven years ago, we started 40 Egg World. And, and honestly, we started with steel products as like headlocks, freestyle dividers, and rubber flooring. That was our number one. Um, we created that when we lived in the Netherlands. Our oldest son was living here. Uh, I did a lot of shows. So I still had a full time job in the Netherlands, my husband as well. And uh, I took unpaid leave a couple of times a year to do the big shows like Wildberry Expo, Egg Expo, you name it. Uh, but then we realized when you live abroad and you set up a business here, you need to live here. Uh, so with help from our kids, we uh, we did the, we started the whole green card process. For us, it was pretty easy, but for a lot of people, it's not. So um, within a couple of uh, six months, I had my green card to be a year and a half. So then you can also uh, put your name on the business and stuff like that. Um, and then two years later, we started uh, 40 Egg Fashion. People were asking about, you already started with calf jackets, to be honest. And then people said, okay, if I buy calf jackets from you, can you also sell the clothing? So then I have one source to buy, buy everything. Um, so we set up a clothing factory in India where we have 33 people working for us full time uh, currently. We actually uh, go every year to check it out, and that is that is amazing to, to see all those uh, people working for us, and we provide 33 families uh, from food and drink uh, in India, and it's really high-quality products. We keep everything in-house, and I'm pretty proud of that, that, that we have the quality control. Um, nothing, hardly anything slips through our fingers, of course. We all make mistakes everywhere, here and there, small mistakes, but... Um, so that's, that's what we did and that's what we set up. And now, um, like I said, every year we're growing and new ideas and there's always something going on. So what are some tips that you have for optimizing your time and being able to operate at a high level? Well, first of all, you need, uh, you need a good product, of course, and then you need to have a plan. And always, I always say you need to stick to the plan. You can change a little bit. You can uh, learn from a lot of people and change little steps. But uh, if you have a plan and you believe in it, uh, then stick to it. Otherwise, it's you lose your your view of everything. Um, of course, in seven years ago, we did not have any employees. It was only us and our oldest son. And uh, then Reyes came on board and then a couple more guys to, to groove the rubber flooring. But other than that, we, we had no employees. And now we have a team of 10 people, my husband, myself, and uh, our son, Bram, who's in the management, and then uh, seven employees who are helping us tremendously um, uh, with everything. In the beginning, we, we worked around the clock. 
And now since one or two years, we have more, more people helping us. I even have an assistant since a couple of months, and that is really, really helping us to, um, yeah, to, to manage all the time because we grow every year, uh, sometimes double even. Last year we did both businesses almost double. So that's, uh, that's quite a bit. Of course, that is that is gonna stop somewhere. That's gonna be be pretty, um, on the same level, uh, I, I think, in the next couple of years. Um, but people, you need to, to uh, surround yourself with good people and then keep going, even when nobody's watching. Always keep going. Ah, so surround yourself with good people. Keep going, like you said, and keep focused on that plan. And I would say, you know, a word that comes to mind is focus. Really, really having a clear vision of where you're going, what you're creating, and what you're building. What are your number one bestsellers on both sides of egg world and egg fashion? Uh, well, there's definitely a rubber flooring. Um, it's it's a no-brainer. This is not a sales pitch, I know, but we ship seriously through whole the U.S., uh, we have trucks leaving today to uh, to Michigan. Uh, even neighbors, all our neighbors, uh, if they need rubber, they will buy ours. Um, it's a no-brainer. It's the highest quality, uh, competitive price. If you don't want to replace your rubber every two to five years, yeah, you need to call us because we have the highest quality rubber flooring in the industry. We know that. And then steel products. We sell a lot of steel products. So headlocks, for example. But if you if you have a dairy, for example, of, of um, 10,000 cows and they, they need to replace, it's, it's, it's a pretty big project. Um, for the clothing, definitely in the winter calf jackets and then the bibbed overalls and, of course, the apron with towel pockets. Yeah, so you're out there keeping cows comfortable in the barn, keeping people comfortable taking care of them and making sure that those baby calves stay warm all across the country. Yes, ma'am. Excellent. And Elizabeth, for our listeners out there, how can they find and follow 4D? Well, we're pretty active on Facebook and social media. I know Facebook is for old people. Well, probably I'm old. <laughs> we get a lot of response from uh, from social media, also Instagram, of course. Uh, our web shop is an ongoing daily, 24-7, is open, of course. Every day we get others in 4dagfashion.com. And then 4D Ag World, we're updating the web shop and the website as we speak. It's not my favorite job. It's a lot of work, but um, 4dagworld.com has all the world products and uh, 4dagfashion.com has all the fashion products. Excellent. And I'll include those links in our show notes so everyone out there listening can find and follow 4D Egg World and 4D Egg Fashion. And Elizabeth, thank you for jumping in to join us. And thank you for sponsoring this episode of the Up Level Theory Podcast. You're welcome, Peggy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Up Level Dairy Podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Coffeen. And if you like what you heard today, go ahead and head on over to upleveldairy.com to read the blog and join the Up Level Dairy email list so you can receive new podcast blogs and special offers coming soon from Up Level Dairy straight in your inbox. To listen to more episodes, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and don't forget to rate and review. Connect with me, Peggy, at Peggy at UpLevelDairy.com, and follow Up Level Dairy on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn.